Let's stand as we open in worship this morning. Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Chosen seed of Israel's race, ye ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace, and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace, and crown him Lord of all. Every kindred, every tribe on this terrestrial ball. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. With yonder sacred throng we at his feet may fall. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. And we'll join everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. You may be seated. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. It's good to see everybody this morning. I want to welcome you here if you're a visitor. Well, welcome everybody, but also if you're a visitor. I'd like to extend a welcome to you. My name is Matthew, one of the pastors here at Faith Family Fellowship, and there should be a card in the pew right in front of you, and would humbly request that if you would take that out and fill that out uh, as a record of you being with us this morning, drop that in one of the offering baskets on the way out this morning. would greatly appreciate the opportunity to reach out to you this week and uh, see if there's anything we can do for you, pray for you, and uh, if you would do that as your offering this morning, would greatly appreciate it. So, spring break this week. It's good to see everyone here on spring break week. And so, uh, we, because of spring break and everything else going on, we will not have evening worship tonight and Wednesday night. And so, I want to let you know about those activities being postponed uh, until next week. And so, we'll be back uh, this next Sunday, all full swing, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, this next Sunday. So, just want to make you aware of that. 
And as uh, it is April, we are looking at a new verse of Scripture to memorize. And so want to uh, look at that very brief verse out of Psalm 119 this morning. So we are going to read it. This should be simple. This should be an easy one to get. Just one, one short verse, unless, uh, unless you're ambitious and would like to memorize this psalm. Uh, it's not that long. It's not that big deal. So, uh, so let's read uh, out loud, if you would read with me this, uh, this verse, and uh, then we'll, we'll pray. All right? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, 105. All right. So your word, your scripture, Psalm 119 is all about God's word. It's all about the Bible. It's all about God's revelation to us, the gift that it is, the value that it is, and what God does in us through his word. Let's pray, ask the blessing of God on our time, that his spirit would lead us, guide us, uh, that he would speak to us from his word, and that this week he would use each of us. All right, pray with me if you would. Father God, I thank you. God, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for the opportunity to, Lord, have another day. That, God, each day is a gift. And so, Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this time to gather together. To gather together around your word, your complete revelation of who you are and what you have done. And so, Father, may it illumine our paths. God, would you speak to us this morning through its pages, through its stories, through what you have codified, you have inspired, and you have preserved for us. That God, generations and generations before us have prized, have given time and effort, sweat and blood, Lord, to protect and to learn of what you have inspired. And Father, may it be no different for us this morning. God, may we hear from you. May we hear you, Lord, in your word. And God, may you direct us this week. So, Father, would you be glorified at this time? Would you be glorified in your saints, in your servants, God, this week and this morning? That, God, you would be exalted and you would be known this week through us. In Jesus' name I pray, asking all these things. Amen. Amen. Let's stand as we continue to worship. Faithfulness, O God You wrestle with the sinner's restless heart You lead us by still waters into mercy Yet nothing can keep us apart So remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, oh God. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, 
Your grace is enough for me. Great is your love and justice, God of Jacob. You use the weak to lead the strong. You lead us in the song of your salvation. And all your people sing along. So remember your people. Remember your children. Remember your promise, O oh God. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. So remember your people. Remember your children, remember your promise, O oh God. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. Before me. 
Let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before.
Sing like never before Oh my soul I'll worship your holy name Father, you are so good. Lord, 10,000 reasons to sing of your goodness. And God, so many more. Father, help us to, to lean on your grace. God, to rely on you. Lord, to allow you to work through us and in us. God, I pray for Pastor Joel as he comes to bring the message that you will give us ears to hear but more importantly, God, hearts to understand, um, hearts that are open, hearts that are willing to respond. God, help us leave this building better equipped to be your church. Father, we love you, and we praise you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. to you and uh, welcome you to Faith Family Fellowship and uh, somebody uh, said uh, earlier who was uh, new to the place they got a, what a beautiful church well you are a beautiful church okay and I want you to know that and uh, it has nothing to do with the building it has to do with Christ in you the hope of glory and uh, I, it's just exciting. Anyway, uh, you have your Bibles. Uh, would you turn with me to the book of Isaiah? Um, some, when I had mentioned that uh, I had never preached through the book, because I do preach through books of the Bible, I never preached through the book of Isaiah. And I guess I'll still be able to say that since I'm just skipping uh, large segments of it. Uh, it's been interesting. I've gone to uh, some men that I respect greatly. They're, they're spoken preaching, and I find there are very few who apparently have preached verse by verse through the book of Isaiah. Uh, and uh, so it's been, uh, it's been exciting uh, and challenging both at the same time. We're in the 46th chapter this morning. And uh, kind of referring to uh, really verse, uh, chapters 46, 47, and 48, even though we're going to just look at verse, uh, uh, chapter 46 rather, it has 13 verses in it. It's uh, a little bit lengthy. Uh, if you will pay attention, I know if you're young, it, it's sometimes hard to listen through uh, 13 verses at a time, and especially you don't know the context of it, uh, and I'll do the best here in a moment that I can to give you a little context to what we're reading. Uh, but let me begin reading. This. It will be on the screen for you if you don't have a copy of God's Word. And it begins in verse 1 by saying, Bell bows down, Nebo stoops. Their idols are on beasts and livestock. These things, that being the beast and livestock, you carry are, are born 
as burdens on weary beasts. They stoop. They bow down together. They cannot save the burden, but themselves go into captivity. So listen, O house of Jacob. We, we sang a song a moment ago about, it talked about Jacob and talked about us being weak. When you see the God of Jacob, when you see Jacob's name mentioned, we're always reminded that we're less than, right? We're like Jacob and that Jacob uh, was constantly doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, trying to worm his way out of the will of God, and God was constantly bringing him back, bringing him back. And uh, so when, when we see the house of Jacob, we're reminded of our own weakness apart from Christ, but in Christ we are complete, we are whole, and he is our sufficiency. So he says, listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been born by me from before your birth and carried from the room, a womb even to your old age, I, and the idea here is emphatic, I and I alone am he. I and I alone am he. And I carry you, and to the gray hairs I will carry you, and I have made, and I will bear, and I will carry, and will save. To whom will you liken me, and make me equal, and compare me, that we may be alike? Those who lavish gold from the purse, weigh out silver in the scales, hire a goldsmith, and he makes it into a quote-unquote God. Then they fall down and they worship. They lift it up to their shoulders. They carry it. They set it in its place. And it stands there. And it cannot move from its place. If one cries to it, it does not answer or save him from his trouble. So, remember this. And stand firm and recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. For I, and again the idea is, I and I alone am God, and there is no other. And I and I alone am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel, the Lord's, shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. And then he gives us this little illustration. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it and I will do it. So God moves things according to his good pleasure. So listen to me, you stubborn of heart, sons and daughters of Jacob. Listen to me, you who are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It is not far off. My salvation will not delay. I will put salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. Pray with me, if you will. And Father, we do thank you. As we gather today, we, we are the blessed church of the living God. We are the called out assembly of believers. We have been saved by grace we're not here because we are good, 
Not because we're better than anyone else. Lord, we understand and identify with Paul that we are the chief of sinners. We are deserving of a Christless eternity. And yet through your saving grace, Lord, through your divine pleasure to call us to yourself, we have been born again by the Spirit of God and we are sons and daughters of God both now and for eternity we've been adopted into the family of God and we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ because of all of your saving grace Lord as we come to this scripture help us to understand what you do in behalf of your children and what's going on in the world in which we live today that we might not be afraid But we might be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And we can put on all the armor of God and stand in this evil day and having done all to stand. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I'm sure you haven't watched any of these uh, movies, but there's a series of movies, because I know you don't watch movies. You're far more spiritual than that, right? Uh, so the, uh, there's a series of movies called, they're the fallen movies. Uh, one of them's uh, Olympus Has Fallen. Uh, one is London Has Fallen. Another one is Angel Has Fallen. I'm not seen that one yet. Uh, and then uh, there's one coming out uh, next year called uh, Night Has Fallen. And uh, they're planning uh, two more uh, to come out. And so... It's, it's, about, uh, it's about a hopeless situation. It's about an international crisis, these, these movies are. And uh, it's getting uh, the president in a situation where there is absolutely no way out for him except for uh, Mike Banning, the secret agent, okay, secret service agent, right? He's the one that comes and... He saves the day. And uh, I want to say that in that uh, there is no human savior as far as uh, those born of Eve. Uh, There is one who has been born again, uh, born rather from above. Uh, Back in February, we looked at Isaiah 7, 14, where it says the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. We're speaking of our Savior, the Messiah, Christ, the Lord. He's the Savior. Now, he is a man, but he is the man God. He is the only Savior. There is no other. Now, I know you know that. We need to be reminded of it, particularly in light of the text of Scripture we're looking at. Because look what it, when it begins, it says that Baal will bow and Nebo will fall. Now, what are we referring to? Well, you got to go back to Babylon. I titled the message, Babylon is Fallen. And, and it's significant. But Babylon shows up in the Bible time and time again. It shows up a lot in the book of Revelation. And uh, when we talk about Babylon in that sense, we're talking about 
powers and authorities in the political realm upon the earth. And uh, you and I are looking at some powerful players acting today. We're looking at NATO. Uh, we're looking at uh, uh, Russia. We're, we're looking at China. And we're looking at the United States. And, and in that sense, there is a, there's an understanding that we need to have that, that all of this world system represents Babylon. The church is not Babylon. Okay? You, you are not, as followers of Jesus Christ, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. You're of a different kingdom. Now, you may be an American or you're Ukrainian or a Russian or, and be a believer in Christ, but there is a separation in that uh, you and I are not a part of Babylon. We're to come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And I think what I want us to see here is several things from this passage, and I think what God wants us to understand, first of all, is the bowing of the gods of this world. All the gods of this world will bow to the one true God. There is no other God, by the way. Uh, he, he said, Baal bows down and Nebo stoops. Uh, these were the gods of Babylon in the day that Isaiah is writing. And uh, you may remember that in Daniel we have Nebuchadnezzar. Well, Nebuchadnezzar means that Nebo is king, okay? That's where his name came from. And uh, who follows Nebuchadnezzar? Belshazzar. It means Baal is the crown. And so you and I can see that when we look in Daniel's book and, and we see uh, Nebuchadnezzar being brought under the dominion and the authority of the eternal King of kings and Lord of lords. The one who said, what? Look at my kingdom. <laughs> Look at what I have built. It's all mine. I've done this by my mighty hand. And God makes him to live as an animal so that he might cry out. <laughs> there is one God. And he is the God most high. Every kingdom. Listen. Every kingdom will fall down. Every kingdom will bow down to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's what the scripture is reminding us here. They needed to be reminded. They were a vassal kingdom. They were under the control of Babylon. And God had told him, I'm going to deliver you. But wait a minute. It's almost like you've got the president and one secret service agent against all the world. Okay? That's, that's the way it looks to where they're sitting. And I don't know if you ever find yourself in circumstances like that. If you haven't, guess what? You will. You will. There will be times that you'll go, I just don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And you need to know that this God of Scripture who died, sent his son Christ to die on the cross for you, he is the one that causes all kingdoms to bow down. All authorities are at his control. 
So uh, you might remember uh, that we're reminded that Cyrus, the king, who is going to come at a later time, is going to bring the children of Israel. He's going to bring them back to Jerusalem. He sees himself as a Messiah, as it were, a Savior. He calls himself that. And, and yet, in reality, God says, no, he's just uh, a tool in my hand uh, to move him uh, around. And we're reminded that, that these princes, these presidents, these dictators, these kings are, are no mere gods. They're simply people that God moves to ultimately cause his righteousness to reign. Isaiah 45, 23 says, By myself I have sworn, and from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every knee will bow, and every tongue shall swear allegiance. We know this verse in the book of Philippians. We're not unfamiliar with it. That every knee will bow... Philippians 2, 10 and 11, every knee will bow in heaven and in earth and under the earth and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Now, you know, our history is replete. That means it's full of all kinds of horrible people through its history. I, I see what's going on over in uh, uh, Eastern Europe right now and can't help but think about World War II and uh, what went on there because that's being uh, brought up and it, the question is and, and my purpose is not to make us fearful because the whole purpose of this is to not be fearful is to trust in God but the question comes up what about a third world war and I don't know if you are aware when you think about Joseph Stalin I think about Hitler and how bad Hitler was and the six million Jews that were killed. But when Stalin came into power, 33 million Russians of his own people were murdered under his authority. That, that, that's mind-boggling. I mean, you and I look at Hitler and go, wow, and then... We don't even put Stalin in the same category, and yet he was far worse. And yet what we're being reminded of from the Word of God is, though the nations rage, remember Psalm 2, though the nations rage and the people will plot in vain, the kings of the earth set themselves and rulers take counsel together, they do it against the Lord and against his anointed. That's the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they say, let us burst their bonds apart from us and cast their cords from us. But as that psalm comes to a conclusion, it says to the kings of the earth, be wise, wise up, be warned, O rulers of the earth. You need to serve the Lord with fear. You need to understand the accountability that is upon you for his wrath is quickly kindled and blessed are those who take refuge in him. But remember it said in verse 12, kiss the son lest he be angry with you. Do homage to the son. It's bow down to the allegiance of the Lord. 
And every despot, every wicked leader will do that. So understand every so-called God bows down to the king of kings. But number two, I think this is so significant. This text tells us that God bears his people. There's the bearing up of the people of God. So he says, listen to me. And I'm always grateful when he uses that word, Jacob. Uh, Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel. We referred to that a few weeks ago about what that remnant is, and I'll remind you of that. He says, who who have been born by me from before your birth. Now the question is, is he talking about bearing us in new birth? Or is he talking about carrying us? Uh, as new believers, and I think the answer is both. Uh, we are born of the Spirit of God. You don't birth yourself into the kingdom of God. You don't just decide, I want to become a child of God. God seeks you out. It's kind of interesting when we go running toward the Lord, we find out that He has already been running toward us. Uh, I, I wanted to illustrate this. I wish I could have gotten like two gigantic magnets and a couple of men up here and try to push the magnets together when the poles are the same and you know what you couldn't do you couldn't bring them together I'm talking about big magnet you you could push as hard as you could but when they're in opposition to one another guess what you cannot make them come together it's, a, it's an illustration of what it is with the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man. They cannot come together unless something happens. What has to happen? One of them has to turn around. Now, we have a word in the Bible for that. It's repent. We have to repent. We have to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It has to turn around, and as soon as it turns around, what happens? They come together. They come together. There's a union that takes place there. And if we've got some really big magnets, guess what we're not going to do? We're not going to pull them apart. <laughs> nah, that's, a, that's not a perfect illustration of salvation. But it does get the point across that we don't merit or earn or work for our salvation. Though we are called humanly to repent and believe And yet both repentance and faith are gifts from God to bring us into salvation. We must repent. We must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. And yet it is God who is gracious to grant that to us. Deuteronomy 1.30 says, uh, The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you. Just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you have now seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. What a great God we have. What a gracious God we have. You know, I can remember being a a kid sitting in church and hearing the preacher preached of course the preachers back then preached I I could demonstrate it for you if you want me to but really loud and and really aggressive 
Okay? You want me to do that for you this? Okay. But kiddos, that's what I heard. I just heard that and I, I just kind of didn't listen uh, until the Spirit of God opened my ears to understand. But I used to be afraid of God because of what I heard. And being afraid of God is not a bad thing because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? So there needs to be a fear of a holy God in our sinfulness. And, and yet there was this uh, understanding that, that Christ came for us. And there, I, I hope that you understand it isn't that you have to do more better. It's not like, you know, you got a report card and, you know, you kids don't. I've never met a kid in, in modern times that ever got a C in anything. Man, if I ever got a C in anything when I was a kid, I was pretty happy with it. Okay? I don't make, either we were just that dumb back in those days or maybe it was just the teachers were tougher. I don't know what it was. But, uh, you know, if, if you bring home a report card and mom and dad say, well, you know, that's just not quite good enough. You need to do better. Christ doesn't come to you and say, you know, you're doing a pretty good job. You just need to do a little bit better. Christ comes to you and says, you need to die to yourself. You need to come to a resignation that I cannot please a holy God. But oh, what a Savior that we have who has fulfilled all righteousness in our behalf and borne our sin in His body on the tree. And through repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I can be born again of the Spirit of God. And when I do, He bears me up. He carries me along. There's a, there's a song uh, by a group called Everman. They only had one album. And they did it back in the 90s. And they've got a song called Carry Me. I just love it. it, it it's, it's about grace carrying me. And uh, I, I can't help but just, it's just in my mind when I think about Christ coming and bearing us up. We're, we're like the guy that was paralyzed. And uh, he was on his bed and he, he, he heard Jesus was in the house. Remember? And he wanted to get there, but what could he not do? He couldn't walk. He couldn't get there. And he had four friends who picked him up and bore him along and brought him to the Savior. Dug a hole in the roof, lowered him down, and Jesus heals him and makes him whole. Salvation is Christ bearing us by the Holy Spirit to himself so that he might redeem us. And then he not only bears us in that salvation, but uh, he continues to bear us. Uh, as the scripture we just read said, even, verse 4, uh, even to our old age, I am he. I'm the only one. And to the gray hairs, I will carry you. Because I made you, I will bear you, I will carry you, and I will save you so from the beginning of our salvation till the end God redeems us thirdly I think we need to see a bankruptcy of the gods of this world 
according to this passage of Scripture. He asked the question in verse 5, To whom will you liken me and make me equal? And compare me that we may be alike. And then he uses this illustration of uh, money. Those who lavish gold from the purse and weigh out silver in the scales, they go to the, to the man at the corner to make their God, as it were. And uh, I know we, we, again, don't think we do that today, but we do that. We make gods out of everything. I... I uh, um, I don't know what gods that you struggle with, but we, we all struggle with gods. There's some of us that, uh, you know, uh, can't, well, there are not many of us since uh, Alabama or Auburn are not in the uh, basketball game tomorrow night. But, but we can make sports a god, can we not, guys, gals? I'm sorry, I was being very sexist there. Uh, we, we can make gods out of just about anything that, captures our attention more than Christ and and uh, he's saying uh, uh, you measure out all of these things and you you say they're important to me and yet in the reality they're they're absolutely nothing they cannot move from their place they're just things they're just stuff they can't answer you when you have a need I know sometimes we struggle with God being spirit and he's not somebody I can touch. I can't put my hands on him. Well, he did come in the flesh and he could have hands put on him. John talked about it in 1 John. He said, that which we have heard with our ears, seen with our eyes, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Who was he talking about? Jesus. And what did Jesus do? God in the flesh. He, did he touch people? Absolutely. Did he heal people? Yes. Did he save people? Yes. Did he come to people who were broken and ruined and rejected by the world and say, I, I'd forgive you, go and sin no more? Yes, he did those things. But you know, I'm glad he's spirit because you know where he is? He's wherever you go. And he's wherever I go. And he, we're not pantheists. We don't believe God is in everything. But we understand that he is infinite. He is everywhere. And he's a great God. He is not like the gods of this world who can do nothing for us. And we make gods out of science. We make gods out of medicine. We make gods out of popularity, and, and, and those things sometimes can be beneficial and helpful to us, but they cannot save us. How do they come to help us when it's time to die? And we're all going to die. What, what, what do these things have to do to save us? There's nothing they can do. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and man, and it is the man, Christ Jesus. So uh, the gods of this world are bankrupt, is what he says. And then number four, the beauty of our eternal sovereign Lord. Verses 8 through 11. Now look what it says. It says, Remember this and stand firm. Recall to your mind, you transgressors, remember the former things of old. 
Don't forget what you read in the Scripture. Don't forget what God's Word says. I and I alone am God and there is no other. I and I alone am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish my purpose. And then he tells us he can bring a bird of prey from the east and he can... uh, uh, calls his counsel from a far country or a man from a far country to come. God is in absolute control and authority. One of the verses that uh, we uh, sometimes stay away from because of, of uh, how people may receive it is one of the most thrilling verses of the gospel. And it's Romans eight twenty eight, Where I know that For those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to His purpose. I don't understand sometimes why bad things happen to good people. And I don't understand why good things happen to bad people. I, I, You know, I don't. I don't understand all that. But I know that, you know, we've made justice a God in our current culture. We really have. And you know what we're not going to find on this earth? Justice. There is only one who can make things right. And that is God himself. But know that God is God of justice. And he will right every wrong. He brings every action into accountability. It is either paid for on the cross of Calvary. Or it is paid for in an eternal separation from him. In a place called hell. So that is the fact that we have a beautiful sovereign God who is eternal. He is the Lord. Which means he's from beginning to now and forevermore. And he will watch over his children. And then lastly, there is the beckoning of God's great salvation. So he says in verse 12, listen to me then. All these things be true. Listen to me. You stubborn of heart. And we say, I am at times. You who are far from righteousness, I bring near my salvation. It is not far off. And my salvation will not delay. It seems like God is delaying. Why doesn't God stop it now? Why doesn't God do something now? And he says, wait a minute, you don't understand. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? God has brought salvation to us. It has been brought to us. There is an exclusivity. That means only in Christ. An exclusivity of salvation in Christ. And yet there is accessibility to God through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10 addresses this. And he says, But the righteousness that is based on faith, and I'm picking up in the middle of the context of this. He's talking about you can't, You can't uh, earn your way to heaven, but there is a righteousness based on faith. And so you and I are not to say in our hearts, who will go into heaven? Who will ascend to heaven that is to bring Christ down? Do I need to go to heaven and bring him down? No, because he's already come. And who will descend into the abyss that is to bring Christ up from the dead? Go in the grave and raise him up? No, because Christ has risen from the dead. 
So the word is near you. Listen to this. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. And know this. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I don't know how many times I in my life thought God was so far away. And yet the scripture reveals that God is so near. The word of faith is so near you. It's even in your mouth that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And it, it's, it was amazing for me to, in the repulsion between God's holiness and my sinfulness, that when there was repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no work for salvation. The work for salvation is done by Christ. It's completed by Him. We must just come to Him and not be like the fools of the earth and say there is no God, but to come and do what Psalm 2 says, and that is do homage to the Son. Kiss the Son. Kiss His feet. Come down and bow before Him and say, Lord, I am nothing apart from You, but You are everything. And He is our He's our treasure. He is the one that carries us through this life. He's the one that every kingdom, every prince, power, authority will bow down. So that you and I don't have to be afraid of what's going to happen. And you say, well, what, what, if, what if there's not enough food? I hear, I, you know, some of you are storing food away, aren't you? I know you are. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, Okay. And you're thinking, why well, there's not enough food in there? Well, you know, my doctor, I went to my doctor a few weeks ago and I got on the scales and he gave my BMI out, my body mass index. My body mass index says I am obese. Yeah. Okay. And I went, oh my gosh. And this is what he said to me. He said, if you want to feel better about that, go to Walmart. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. And you know what? I don't like to go to Walmart, but I went to Walmart and I felt better about myself. <laughs> What's the point? We could, <laughs> we could lose a little weight and we'd all be okay, right? What's the worst thing that can happen to us? Starve to death. In Christ, man. Now, I said something to a lady yesterday. She was talking about my 98-year-old mother, and she was wanting to know, what kind of life did you have growing up? I know I've told you this. I said, you know, my mother's dad was murdered when she was five, and, and she had a single mom bringing her and her two brothers up, and my mother would come home from school hungry and make tomato gravy. She'd get flour and a little tomato sauce and a little water and make tomato gravy. And that's what she ate. And that was her dinner. Those were the days of the Depression. Things were bad. And she survived by God's grace. And I got to say, don't worry. 
Don't worry. Pray. Trust. Share the gospel. This text of scripture that I just read about about the Lord's salvation. He's talking about the opportunity. He actually in Isaiah has shifted from talking about the gospel, the good news being just for the Jews to the whole world. I don't have time to, to deal with that right now. But he's talking about taking it to the whole world. The Old Testament is full of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Not just for the Jews. Okay? So it's not a new thing. It's just a understanding in the New Testament, a re- revealing of what we're supposed to be doing. And that's taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And the word of faith is very near. All you have to do is share it with somebody. All you have to do is tell somebody about Christ and what Christ has done for them. And the word of faith is near them, even in their mouth, that if they confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they will be saved. In our day, it's not as difficult... I don't think it's as difficult to get the gospel to the ends of the earth as we make it out to be. I'm just going to give you a quick example, okay? A couple of months ago, one of our church members was on a business trip and uh, happened to be going through uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas when an ice storm hit. Got stranded in a motel room and there were three people that were in the dining room for breakfast. Three people. One of our church members and one of my deacons from a former church that I pastored in Arkansas. So two out of the three people I knew. Now how could that happen? How could you... I had some friends in uh, Andalusia that uh, went to uh, Tierra del Fuego. Y'all know where Tierra del Fuego is? I can't even say it right. Huh? It's at the end of Chile. It's as far south as you can go in South America. They have a national park there. While they're there, they run into another couple from Andalusia. Okay? I, I think I said this to you a few weeks ago. What's the likelihood of that happening? What's the point of this? The point of this is we can get the gospel out if we will just tell it. Share it. Share it wherever you go. God commands us to go, but he says as you are going, share the gospel. Everywhere you go, work, school, play, you never know. God can bring you into contact with somebody if you and I will just be obedient to this gospel of Jesus Christ. So the word of faith is near us, even in our mouths. So let's remember that uh, we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, uh, whom we have from God. We are not our own. Uh, so glorify God through your body. And so we have a great message here to remember that when you and I look at what's going on in the world today, don't go, oh, go, oh.
God's up to something. What do I need to be doing? Walking with Him. Living for Him. Honoring Him. Glorifying Him. Sharing Him. Responding by faith to Him. Let's pray together. Father, it's an amazing thing to think. That while we from our, our frail perspective can look at what's going on and, and see no way out, there is a man. There is the man, the new Adam, who is our Savior, who can move a bird of prey from one place to another, a man of counsel from one place to another to accomplish your eternal purposes. And Lord, help us as your people to, Lord, not, not be afraid, but to trust in the Lord our God. And for anyone who is in this building or who is listening by way of the internet, Lord, to know that the word of faith is near them, even in their mouth, that they confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in their heart that God has raised him from the dead. The promise of your word is that you will save us. You will rescue us from our sin and ourselves and of a Christless eternity and of a walk and restore us to a walk with God who made us and created us and help us to live as such. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to stand together and we're going to sing a song of encouragement, uh, hopefully to encourage you to come to follow Christ if you've not, encourage you to continue to walk with Christ in faith and obedience. Pastor Matthew will be here at the front to help you as you come. God sent His Son they called him